everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I am uh, Super Producer Dan, filling in for Los today. Um, yeah, you know, they, we got Thanksgiving coming up, Mung. We got Los, who's who's busy this week with, with some stuff, so he couldn't be here. Um, yes, Les is very busy with uh, a lot of Thanksgiving stuff going on. I believe some travel involved as well, but uh, good thing we have you filling in here. Yeah, I know. You know, next man up. I I always say this every time we do this. It's like being like the the backup quarterback, man. You just got to be ready. And uh, even if it's last minute, you know, you got to be ready to go in. You got to know your plays. You got to know the matchups. <laughs> yeah, it's the best job. But unfortunately, we're not paying you as much per episode as backup quarterbacks get paid, um, unfortunately. So Fair. for you, you're doing this uh, mostly out of the kindness of your heart. But I am thankful uh, for you oh. and Pelos, um, as we head into Thanksgiving week. Hopefully, everybody is doing well with their fantasy teams, but also... Uh, hopefully you are going to see some friends and family and get some good food this week and a happy early Thanksgiving to all of you. And that brings us into our first slate of games with three games on Thursday uh, on the Thanksgiving slate, starting at 1130 AM central, 1230 PM Eastern. And the first one is the Buffalo bills at the Detroit lions. And, Really, the Bills just played, you know, quote-unquote, at Detroit, a smart move by the NFL decision-makers last week, moving um, the snowed-out game to Detroit since Buffalo is playing here this week anyway. Now, Josh Allen did not play great against the Browns, but you simply cannot bench him in fantasy. There just aren't that many other better quarterback options available, especially this year. Singletary should be fine as a touchdown-dependent RB2 here. He should have a decent shot at finding the end zone, despite the Lions having sold out to stop Saquon Barkley this past week. I don't think that they're going to be able to stack the box quite as much against the Bills, who have a lot more ways to hurt them in the passing game versus the Giants, who really only had Darius Slayton left after Wondell Robinson got hurt. Anything you want to add here, Dan? I have a question for you. What do you think about James Cook? who over the past few weeks has been steadily rising in the amount of quality carries he's been getting with, with the bills and clearly um, um, what's his face. Uh, Hines, Neam Hines, clearly he's not the guy, even though they traded for him. So like, what do you think he's, he's flex worthy? What, what, what do you think here? Yeah, it kind of feels like early season when Rashad White wasn't really doing much, right? And then White eventually took on a bigger role. And that's kind of what we're seeing with the rookie in Buffalo as well, with James Cook starting to get more involved. It is kind of interesting that the Bills would go out of their way to trade for Hines uh, and then not use them. Maybe part of it is he's still getting up to speed with the playbook, but you know they're very similar players, right? Explosive uh, a bit smaller, undersized, more involved as receivers out of the backfield, although Cook certainly has some bursts as a runner as well. And it really depends on your roster and your team situation, right? Again, we talked about this last week with Los when he was here, that it, a lot depends on your record. If you are already locked into a playoff buy or at least a playoff berth, then sure, you should be stashing upside running backs like a James Cook, like Rashad White, guys like Dontrell Hilliard who are an injury away from potentially seeing a workhorse workload. But if you're not, you know, if you still need wins right now, I don't know that Cook is going to be a reliable fantasy producer, at least in 10 or 12 team, you know, standard size leagues. So you're, you you wouldn't even play him this week in a, in a flex spot is what you're saying. You're saying that there's probably better options out there. Yes, I, I think. Got it. He's an RB4 with upside, but you're really, you know, the real upside would only be if the Bills turn this into a blowout, right? You're thinking Cook gets a lot of work in the fourth quarter up Fair. Yep. on top of, you know, him being sprinkled in in the, in the first half. Right. That, that makes sense. Um, I, I think certainly I'll have him in some DFS lineups for Thursday, but uh, I, I think the floor is definitely pretty low, although the ceiling is moderately high. Got it. Cool. 
I don't have anything else to say about these guys besides Detroit's been playing great lately, despite them being Detroit <laughs> in general. Yeah, they're doing well, and, and really they are committing still to the run game, and we're seeing that's where the Bills do have some trouble, uh, even though they were able to stifle Nick Chubb this past week. Really, Amon Ross St. Brown is probably the, the only reliable fantasy player on, on the Detroit side here. Still not sure what exactly is going on with DeAndre Swift. His snap share has gone up a little bit, um, but whether it's still coming back from the injury or you know they just kind of want to run this committee with Jamal Williams taking a lot of the early down carries, I think Williams is a viable flex play still. Clearly, they use him near the goal line and in the red zone. But at the same time, touchdown regression is looming, right? You're not going to expect a three-touchdown game again this year. Uh, that was definitely an outlier. And I, I had a would-you-rather lined up, and, and we'll go to you, Dan. I'll put, sure. you, uh, put you I on mean, the spot here. Jamal Williams, though, I mean, I think you're playing him until until he – I think you take the risk that because of the ceiling that you keep playing him until that regression has happened. You know, yeah, I, 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 think, I think I would overextend this regression until I've actually seen it. Like, I'm not going to bench him when I think, you know, like, I, I'm not the kind of person who's going to bench him a week early, you know? That, that's sort of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, it, de- it definitely depends on your running back options, right? Because we right. know that he doesn't get a ton of usage uh, as a receiver, and certainly you're not expecting a whole lot of rushing scores against the Bills here. Um, I I think it's more of a sell high rest of season because I do think he's more of a flex play going forward than a strong RB2 or RB1, even if anyone has him ranked that highly. So rest of season, Dan, in PPR formats, let's go through a few names. Sure. So I think everyone would prefer guys like, you know, even down to the range of James Conner, Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, any disagreements there? No. Okay. Um, what about David Montgomery, who reverted to a workhorse role with Khalil Herbert on IR? Khalil Herbert's on that four-week IR, right? <laughs> I, I think I'd take Montgomery, to be honest. Yep, he's he's there. gonna yeah he's gonna get he's gonna get the work, especially now that Fields is hurt. I mean, we can talk about this more later, but you know his uh his rushing is going to be capped until he's, until he's a hundred percent, if he even plays. So yeah. And yeah. perhaps it means a few more checkdowns, right. From Montgomery yes. as well. Yes. Uh, what about the guy on the other side? We just talked about Devin Singletary, who's also been kind of a touchdown dependent flex territory guy. I feel like I take him too. Cause he's on the better team. Yep. No in, disagreements in there. terms of, it's just, you know, trying to be smart about this. You know what I mean? What about Ezekiel Elliott? That's that's a tough one. I I think I might go with Jamal Williams right now. Uh, yeah, that is a tough one. I, I think I could go either way on this one because both of them have become more of that goal line specialist role with Pollard taking on more right. work in Dallas. Um, but you know, still the opportunity for touchdowns is there. We'll, we'll Jeff, talk about Jeff Wilson. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Any, anything I was going to say, we'll talk about Pollard later. Cause I, I have some opinions. Yep. Um, but you said Jeff Wilson, I yep. take Jeff Wilson. hundred percent. Yep. What about Damian Pierce? Who's cooled down a little bit, uh, you know, still not getting much work yet as a receiver. Uh, their team is not good too. That's a hard one. <clears throat> I would probably stick with Jamal Williams until the regression hits and then switch to Pierce. Unless Pierce has strings together two great games. Yeah, that that one's tough too. It's hard. Clearly yeah. Houston, you know, went out and claimed, you know, Benjamin too. So maybe they don't want to give Pierce all that receiving work. Yeah, I, I think I would lean Williams slightly here. Um, all right, let's do one more and then we'll move on. What about Tony Pollard, who we just talked about? I know we're going to talk about him in the next game, but as of right now, Pollard has become more and more of a standalone flex or even RB2, even when Ezekiel Elliott is active. And certainly we know that he has that RB1 upside uh, if Zeke were to miss more time. I'm taking Pollard. Yep. Okay. Agree there. Like, I don't even need to elaborate. 
<laughs> okay, so Los and I both took the Bills here. Dan, are you with us on? Yeah, this I'm one? taking the Bills. I mean, you can't not. Uh, Detroit, though. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they just they just show up and and extend their winning streak. Miracle. You know, seriously. I'm still going Buffalo, but like, uh, I'm not. So let me put it this way: I'm not in real life betting on this game. Yeah, it's it's like a, a very Charlie Brown Christmas, except a very Jared Goff Christmas. So yes, he gets the football pulled out from under him. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the Thanksgiving mid-afternoon game: three thirty p.m. Central, four thirty p.m. Eastern. The New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Wandale Robinson, unfortunately, uh, out for the season with that torn ACL. This does mean good news for Darius Slayton in fantasy, though. He had a 25% target share against the Lions, and that was with Robinson playing for a lot of that game. I think Slayton's a strong wide receiver three rest of season with Robinson out. He seems to be the clear wide receiver one on the Giants now with, we all know, the money sink that was Kenny Galladay doing nothing. I mean, we've seen Darius Slayton over the past few weeks quietly be very solid. So I don't see any reason to believe why you saying him being a wide receiver three for the rest of the season is unreasonable. Yeah, and we saw as a rookie a couple of years ago, Slayton has that big playability, right? And right. He's, he's that downfield stretcher, and when Daniel Jones has time to throw it, he can find him. So yeah, I, I like Slayton a lot. To, again, we're recording this uh, on Tuesday night this week because it is Thanksgiving on Thursday. So, um, but by the time you guys listen to this waivers will have cleared, but if Slayton is still out there in your league and you need wide receiver help, uh, he's certainly worth a look now on the Dallas side here. Let's talk about Tony Pollard, as you kind of alluded to earlier, 37 snaps for him versus just 21 for Elliot against the Vikings last week. But we should remember that it was Elliott's first game back from that knee sprain and Pollard did fail on two straight goal line carries early against the Vikings. And then Dallas subsequently brought in Zeke on that third down and he was able to punch in the touchdown. So rest of season, how would you project the split in this backfield? It wouldn't shock me if it's 50, 50, it really wouldn't. Yeah. And, you know, from what I'm hearing, people are like hashtag free Tony Pollard, but I think he does his best work as the lead back in a committee, right? Kind of like that Aaron Jones role where you don't want him to be completely used up or even like Austin Eckler, right? Right. Where we see the explosiveness for Pollard and he really slows down when they do use him like a workhorse for an entire game. And I actually just think in general, the whole workhorse running back just, I guess, the frame of thinking is starting to to become antiquated. I, I mean, I think Pollard, I, th- I think that the Cowboys are starting to realize how good he is too. So I don't see any reason to believe why they wouldn't stop playing him as much as they could. It, it just would make no sense to me. Yeah, so let's do a uh, similar to how we did with Jamal Williams just now. Let's do a would you rather rest of season in PPR formats, Tony Pollard or Alvin Kamara? I'm going to take Pollard because he's on the better team. And he's a receiving back in PPR. And I, and I know yeah. you could say that Kamara is too, but he's he's had some bad games, you know, it kind of he, he's a lead back. He is a, a running back that is has a pedigree on this team. And this year he just hasn't looked great. So he's got a couple tough games coming up, Camara that is, against the Niners and the Bucks over the next two weeks. But after their bye in the fantasy playoffs, he gets Atlanta and then Cleveland and then finishing out with Philly. All three oh. are run defenses that can be run on. Does that change your mind at all? Mm, who does who does Dallas have in those? I have to look this up now. Unless you have it, Andy. I can look it up. Okay. Let's see. Dallas in weeks 15 through 17, they play against Jacksonville. So solid matchup. Yep. Philly, decent matchup. Again, they just lost Jordan Davis. They signed Sue, um, but it is easier to run on the Eagles than to throw against them. And then he has a tough week 17 matchup at Tennessee. So really here, the argument is who do you want in the fantasy championship? Because those other two games are a wash. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I think I still want Pollard. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, he's been certainly explosive over the last few weeks, and I can see the argument. Personally, I would still be taking Kamara. I know you would. I knew Pollard. this. <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> um, right. Let's talk about Dalvin Cook, who's also struggled, uh, you know, obviously in that last game. But otherwise, he's been very solid this season, and he does have a pretty decent schedule come out as well. I mean, he's just he's he has a pedigree as well. Are you saying do I take Pollard over him? Yeah, I'm just going oh, okay, I'm I'm sorry. from the higher names. Uh, yeah, I think I think I do take Pollard over him. Okay, it's still Cook for me there. Um, what about James Conner, who's reverted to a workhorse role in Arizona? I have so many injuries, uh, but that's right now. A lot of those guys will probably come back. What's their schedule? Are we talking? So we're talking about. I, I guess maybe you, you you've got my mindset now on the playoffs. Well, when just it should just be rest, rest, rest of, of season. season. But um, they do face the Patriots, the Broncos, and the Bucks in the playoffs, which is not ideal. No, I think I'd still take Pollard. Okay, I think that one's a toss up. Uh, I I think we would both take Etn. Yes. Yes. Uh, we would both take Josh Jacobs. Yes, definitely. <laughs> what about Ramondre Stevenson? I think I'd take Ramondre Stevenson over okay. Pollard. What about another guy we just talked about, David Montgomery, who's projected for a much bigger workload with Herbert out? Mm. That one's really close. <sighs> So the thing is with this one is is um what's his face is coming back after four weeks. Um well he can come back. That's actually a good point. I still think he does. Um I'm gonna take Pollard. Okay. I think I would lean Pollard there as well. let's do one last one. Sure. Uh, Jeff Wilson, who we like a lot on my I think I'd take Jeff Wilson. Does it change your mind at all that he faces the Bills, the Packers, and the Patriots in the fantasy playoffs? No, it doesn't. Okay. He's going to get that work. And that okay. offense is going to find themselves on the goal line, you know? Fair enough. All right. So that is kind of the range where we have Pollard in rest of season in that back-end RB2 mix, I would call it. Yeah, um, I agree. So moving back to the matchup real quick, it sounds like Micah Parsons is limited right now, uh, but he is expected to play as of right now on Thursday night. Uh, Los and I have both taken Dallas here. Where are you at on this game? Dallas. All right. For sure. Let's move on to the Thanksgiving food coma game then. Thursday night at 7.20 p.m. Central, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, right around when I'll be having my third serving of pie probably. Uh, the New England Patriots at the Minnesota Vikings uh, with Damian Harris back healthy last week. Ramondre Stevenson still saw 15 carries and six targets uh, versus just eight carries and two targets for Harris. We could see Harris eat more into this work rushing workload, though. He seemed a little bit more explosive as a runner of the two against the Jets. Certainly broke a couple of big runs. Obviously still would lean Harris or excuse me, Stevenson over Harris. Uh, in PPR formats this week as a flex option. And I think the only other guy you can really trust on New England is Jacoby Myers. Anything else to add here? No, no, I think you've, you've got it all. Okay. On the Vikings side, uh, it could be a tough night for Kirk Cousins. Obviously, we know his track record in prime time, but more importantly, their left tackle, Christian Dersaw, has already been ruled out uh, with the concussion. Dalvin Cook seems like a tougher play, maybe just a high-end flex this week against a tough Patriots run defense and without Darisaw here. Certainly, you can't bench Justin Jefferson, but do expect Bill Belichick to shift a lot of that defensive coverage over to him, which in turn could benefit TJ Hawkinson a little bit. I would slot him in as a top 10 tight end play. And then if you're desperate, I think Adam Thielen, you could throw in as a wide receiver four, but ideally you have better options there. So, so I have a question for you about like Minnesota. So yeah. <laughs> just the team in general um, and, and sort of, I guess this kind of extends to why I kind of picked Pollard over cook, but they are probably the worst. Well, what's the record right now? Seven and two or eight and two. 
Yeah, they're eight and two. They still they, this, the, this is uh, the worst support. eight and two team I've ever seen. I think. <laughs> like, no, but seriously, I'll say, like just think about it. Like if if <laughs> they they kind of edged out a bunch of close games. That if if luck starts swinging the other way for them, they're going to be throwing and playing from behind. And how does that affect Cook? You know what I mean? And, and that's sort of what. And maybe I should have elaborated this more when you were asking me Pollard versus Cook, but I'm just sort of curious uh, what, what you think here. I'm not too worried about that. Certainly, you know, they've gotten lucky with some one-score games that have gone uh, in their way, but, you know, Cook seems to still have a, a solid workhorse role with Madison just coming in as a relief guy. I, I'm not too worried because their offense has been fine. It's just their defense has played better than expected, and their secondary still has a lot of issues. So if anything, I, I would say that would force more higher-scoring games. So I'm That's not too fair. worried about Cook. I, I see that. Certainly, I, I took Dallas last week. Uh, I am one up over Los in our pickums now, be, partially because of that. Um, but I certainly didn't expect, you know, a 40 to three blowout, right? And I do think I don't think Vikings, anybody did. Right. And I think the Vikings are better than the showing we saw from them. Really, I think that's just, They certainly are. But yeah. I do think them getting beaten by other clearly better teams are, you know, like they should have never won against the Bills. I mean, that was just a a, a weird game in general. Yeah, I would it's just say me from like though, a gambling perspective. You know, like I I I don't feel good about Minnesota in general. Yeah, even though they're the number two seed right now in the NFC, based on record, personally, I would probably put you know the Bucks and the Niners above them in power rankings, who have far worse records. Um, and then I think they're in that. So I think the top tier in the NFC would be the Eagles, the Niners, and the Bucks, and the second tier would be, you know, the Cowboys, the Niners, and maybe the Seahawks. I think I would agree with you on that. Okay. Um, all right. So let, let's get back to fantasy here. But certainly, I, I think if we're uh, betting people, uh, we would not take the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl as of right now. But certainly, you know, respect to them for a first-year head coach who's doing really well. And actually, that talk, that discussion kind of leads us into the Pickums because exactly. I think this is the only game that Los and I are disagreeing on this week. He has lost faith in the Vikings after that beatdown by the Cowboys. He's taking New England on the road here. And I think the Vikings are going to struggle a lot with Darisaw Allen. Certainly, Belichick knows how to exploit weaknesses. But I think overall, the Patriots still have a lot of issues of their own. and. This is they're close enough that I'm still leaning Minnesota at home here based on how well they have done in one score games or in comeback game scripts, you know, even missing their left tackle. So I hate this matchup and I'm not going to bet on this in real life either. And it really kind of kills me because I love betting on Thanksgiving, but, <laughs> it, but in here, in this kind of situation, I default to the home team. Right. But, having just said all that crap about Minnesota, I don't want to pick them, but I kind of feel like I have to. So I'm going to pick new England. Okay. I just, I just can't, I just don't trust Minnesota. I just don't. And it's not because they got blown out. It's because their entire season has been weird. Yeah. I think they're certainly a better team on paper than they have been in real life, but yeah, definitely a a tough pick. Uh, I think they're favored by two and a half points right now. So, yeah, I think Vegas takes uh, Minnesota in a, in a close to a pick with that home field advantage. I just think it's going to be a boring game, too. Yeah, I think it's going to be a messy game because, again, like I said, the Patriots have plenty of struggles of their own on offense. Uh, right. As we saw against the Jets where they had to get a pick six or not a pick six. A, uh, what was it, a punt return touchdown? Yeah, it was a return. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on then to the regular Sunday slate starting at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Cleveland Browns. Yours truly will be in attendance at this game, so I'm very much looking forward to it, although it's definitely going to be uh, pretty chilly out there. Um, all that said, Leonard Fournette with a hip injury is probable to come back, monitor his status, though. And I think beyond that, you're starting your regular Bucks guys, Brady Evans, and Godwin, and if you're feeling lucky, Julio is an upside wide receiver for. I have no disagreements there. All right, 
Uh, what do you think about Rashad White? Is he worth a flex here? Do you think that it's still going to be more of a split as we saw prior to their bye week? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Well, let's start with if you're starting a Bucks running back, is it still Fournette over White for you? I don't. The thing is, is I don't think I want. I guess. I guess if if you have this choice. Or if you're presented with this, you probably have no choice but to play one or the other of them. Well, Assuming that you you've handcuffed, handcuff right? But now you know you have both, right? Right. right. That that that's that was that was yeah. Uh, I think I'm gonna play white. Okay. Because uh, either of them are gonna be in a flex play anyways. You, you know what I mean? Like that both of them are flex worthy. I don't think either of them are better than flex. Yeah, it really depends. I... I just think that we're still going to see a lot of that goal line work for Fournette, and that's why I would still lean Fournette. Okay. Um, even though we saw White a lot more involved prior to the bye. We'll see what happens there. Uh, on the Browns side, Big Njoku finally came back last week against the Bills from that high ankle sprain, but he was still splitting snaps with Harrison Bryant, although part of that might have been due to it being his first game back from injury. Njoku certainly looked healthy. Uh, especially when he hurdled that defender. So I would expect his snaps to increase. And I do think that Njoku is worth a look against the Bucks, who's top 10 in fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. I mean, tight end such a wasteland that if, if he, if you, if you either have him or for some reason he's sitting around on the waiver wire, wire I would for sure play him. Cause if you have him, you probably don't have a better tight end on your roster. Yeah, and then also Los and I talked last week a little bit with Watson coming back. Certainly would like to trade for Amari Cooper, trade for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Hopefully you did that before. Both of them had very nice games against the Bills. I don't think many people are uh, partying with Amari Cooper at this point right after that big game in uh, against Buffalo. But this one feels like almost a must win for the Bucks, not necessarily in standings. Cause I think they can still win the NFC South regardless, but just to get their season back on track after really starting slow, um, coming out of the bye fresh, this feels like a game that the Bucks should be able to win even on the road. Well, Tom, Tom Brady's always slow. And we, it, it always seems like it, like whatever team he's on is the first five games are like, Oh, well, Brady's too old, blah, blah, blah. And then he picks it up in the second half. I'm going to take the Bucks here too. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think. Los. Yeah. Wait, what? I said as does Los. Oh, okay. Sorry. So we, will, <laughs> we will sweep that one, um, and we'll move on to the other Ohio team, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. Joe Mixon uh, in the in the concussion protocol currently, so definitely something to monitor closely. Again, if you guys have questions about running backs or wide receivers or flex plays with three games on Thursday this week. Uh, you can send those more specific questions our way on Twitter, but for right now, definitely monitor Mixon's practice participation throughout the week. And then we'll see about Jamar chase. It sounds like he could be activated, but still seems doubtful for this game, or at least would not be a hundred percent. So you're starting still Higgins uh, P Ryan, if Mixon is out, and then I do think Burrow is a fine player. We certainly saw him uh, do pretty well against them in the playoffs last year when they upset Tennessee at home. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. All right. On the Titans side, obviously you're starting Derrick Henry, and then we'll see about Traylon Burks. Uh, he certainly had a very nice game against the Packers last Thursday night, but still his snap share and targets uh, weren't quite where we would like to see it uh, based on the, the slow ramping up coming back from that injury, but certainly you do expect a rookie to get more involved uh, throughout the rest of the season. And uh, all things being said, I do think this is a tough one, but with Chase still out, the Titans always seem to play good defense, especially at home. And I do think that they're going to get the revenge for that playoff loss uh, last year this week. I mean, I'm going with them too. Is this is just a close matchup to me, and in these close match matchups, I like to go with the home team. Yeah, and for me, it does weigh a little bit that Mixon could be out with Chase already, either out or not 100 percent if he plays. Correct. Um, yeah, I, Tennessee yeah. seems to starting to be starting to get a groove going on offense with Burks coming back healthy, opening up the passing game a little, and 
Uh, we will also sweep this one with Los agreeing with us here. So let's move on to the Houston Texans at the Miami Dolphins here. We've got uh, Damian Pierce, who we talked about a little bit earlier, struggled against a tough Washington front seven. But the good news was he was still a workhorse with 78% of the snaps. Decent flex option here against the Dolphins, whose defense has allowed eight rushing touchdowns to running backs uh, over 10 games so far. Yeah, not much to say about Houston. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> I almost picked up Davis Mills in a league where I was desperate for quarterback help last week. And I'm certainly glad that I did not, although he salvaged his day somewhat with a rushing score. But on the Miami side here, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot to say here either, right? Tua, you're starting. Uh, Wilson, I would put as an RB2 with Mostert as a flex play still with that home run ability. And then obviously you're starting Hill and Waddle. Yeah, not much to say about Miami. Not much to Just say. do what I'm you're assuming, doing with them, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming uh, you're taking Miami with them. For sure. Right. For sure. Easy one there. All right, the next game up here, the Chicago Bears at the New York Jets. And, of course, the big news here is the Justin Fields injury with a sprain to his non-throwing shoulder. And it was reported by Adam Schefter that even though it was originally thought to be a dislocated shoulder, it is not. And it sounds like it's a minor enough injury that Fields could play this week. But the question will be, will the Bears want to risk their young quarterback in a season where they're not in contention anyway, or do they want to give him the time to heal up fully? So if Fields goes, I think you're playing him, right? Just because of that rushing upside and because of how rough the quarterback position has been this week. Or not this week, I, but this year. I, I don't know if you play him. Cause I don't know. I think if they, I, if they play him, there's no way he's going to be a hundred percent. Like, I just don't think so based on like, I mean, you don't just, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, but you don't just think it's dislocated based on like his, I don't know what they evaluated. Then say it's not like, I almost feel like they're playing games here a little bit with, with the um, injury. Again, I am not any sort of medical professional, but from what I've read, um, he can play effectively through this injury again because it is in his non-throwing shoulder. Right. The risk <laughs> is that the Bears could either shut him down just to be safe for at least a week, or on the flip side, he might run less because you know of any discomfort that or just not is, wanting it. That is exactly the point that I'm getting at. So Chicago, we are Chicago fans, right? You remember Mitch Trubisky when he got hit. Back way back when, you know what, three years ago, mm -hmm. former former or uh, current MVP winner, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he got he hurt his shoulder too. Remember, he got that big hit and he came back like a few games later. He was not running nearly as much as he was before that. Now wow. Fields is different, but I do think that that injury spooked him. And well, I how about feel this? Let's run through the quarterbacks and say who you would start. Okay, okay, over. right. So obviously, so wait, you know, so wait, so we're saying that he he has been 100 medically cleared to play, right? Come come Sunday. Well, we'll we'll get to that because we'll say you know if if someone's playing Thursday, that's that, okay. That was the decision. point that I was trying to yeah. make because we won't know by Thursday what's going right. on. So you so, could almost just nix those quarterbacks in general because. You know, if it were me and I had one of those Thursday quarterbacks, I'm going to probably play them first. Right, like, well, Overfield. Let's just go down the list with Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, Hurts. You're obviously starting those guys. Of course. Um, Tua, I think you would start over Fields as well. Definitely. Dak Prescott, who plays on Thursday, I think because of the risk, unless we get reports of fields playing for sure, I would probably start Prescott. The thing is, is they're not going to ever do that. Like we aren't going to know by Thursday if he's playing right. on Sunday. So, I'm so, I, so yes, for sure. I agree with okay. that. Um, I would wait for Burrow on Sunday. I would play Herbert with Keenan Allen back. He seems to be a lot more efficient now, finally yep. getting some weapons. Um, I would play Brady at Cleveland. I would too. And I would play Geno Smith against the Raiders. Mm. Yeah, I probably would too. So that's 10 right there. That's how I was about to say. We're getting close to getting him knocked out of the top 12. And this is just based on. So I think he sneaks into there because Marcus Mariota has a decent matchup at Washington. 
Mm-hmm. So I think if you want to play it safe, I'm fine with Mariota over him. But beyond that, I mean, you got Russell Wilson at Carolina. I mean, <laughs> yeah, your offense has been awful. Nope. Um, you know, the Cardinals don't play until 3 p.m. on Sunday. So I don't know that you want to risk Kyler Murray being out. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, you've got her cousins who I, I would not trust against I the wouldn't Patriots either. without his left tackle. No way. You've got Rodgers on the road against a tough Eagles defense, although Matt Ryan certainly did not seem to struggle against them. Um, what about Rodgers? Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I, I just want to stay as far away from the Packers as I possibly can. They're right. such a I hard mean, team to read. So I, you know what? I, in around I think I would right? put Fields in over Rodgers. But you know what? Like, like if we're talking about the twelfth quarterback, like they, him and Rodgers this week would be interchangeable at twelve and thirteen. They're basically tied for twelfth. I don't know who I'd play. Okay. What about like it's um, what about Jimmy Garoppolo, who's had a fairly solid. We forgot about him. He's been great, actually. The Saints at home, relatively. You know what? I would slot him in in front of both of them. Okay. But yeah, I mean, so Fields is still, you know, up there, right? Just because, again, they're so, quarterback is so terrible this year. Right. That, um, if Fields is active, you know, other than the Thursday guys that we talked about, basically Prescott, I think you're still playing him over Rodgers. I would lean Fields over Garoppolo, but certainly Garoppolo has a safer floor. So if you're a favorite already in your matchup this week, I have no issue with going with Garoppolo. Yeah, um, but then you know you get to guys like Jacoby Brissett and Zach Wilson who might not even start, right? So, I mean, to be fair too, to be fair, if you have Fields, you probably don't have someone better because right. for you to be starting Fields or for you to have even picked up Fields, you must have had a quarterback who's been disappointing to begin with, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So it's sort of just—I mean, we could sit here and argue for the entire night about this if you want, but it, it's just—I don't know. I, it just scares me. A rushing quarterback that has any kind of injury, you just don't, you just lose that entire half of their game almost. Yeah. I mean, again, I would have fields around QB 12, QB 13. So I would probably play him unless you have one of those other options we just discussed. But Montgomery, I think, is a fine play even against the tough Jets defense just because of his role at this point. Um, Cole Komet, you know, we talked about him as a sell high last week with that touchdown regression incoming. And, you know, certainly he made a great one-handed snag downfield while getting hit against the Falcons. But for fantasy, it wasn't a great day. Just three receptions for 35 yards on four targets. He's a very iffy play here. I would probably avoid him. But every Uh, tight end is an iffy play. Like, you know, like, I don't, I don't think, I mean, honestly, selling high is, is probably smart on this. Cause you can get some sucker to buy and thinking that the touchdowns are, are going to happen. But I think if you have comment, same argument as before, you don't have someone better because there's like, everyone is basically the same outside of the top two or three. Right. But I think I would play, you know, guys like Njoku, Tyler Higby over him this week. Um, but, but I don't again, think you have, on... I don't think you have Najoku and Komet on a team. I don't think that team is, is very common. That's not true. If you're streaming and you picked up multiple tight ends and then Komet just started going off, I, I think it depends Maybe. on your roster setup. But yeah, I, I think Komet's in that 15 or so range for me. So there's a lot of guys that I prefer over him, like Dawson Knox, even Evan Ingram. I um, guess. I don't know. I just, tight end is such a wasteland. You know, it's, if you have, if, if you don't have one of the top guys, you're just playing them no matter what. Like, it's just sort of how it is. Okay. Um, let's move on to the Jets side then, uh, who it certainly seems like they're in disarray with Robert Salas saying that they're evaluating the quarterback position, have not committed to Wilson as the starter yet this week after he quote unquote took, uh, you know, no blame for that loss last week. Um, all that all aside for fantasy purposes, you're certainly not starting Wilson, although it is a decent matchup uh, against this Bears defense. And the running back position has been a pretty gross committee here as well. But Michael Carter has played about double the snaps of Johnson or James Robinson. So I think Carter is the most viable flex play against the bottom five Bears run defense here if you had to play one of the Jets running backs. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. 
All right. Um, Los said he is, quote, worried about fields here in his notes. Uh, he's taking the Jets. I'm taking the Jets, too, especially if they bench Zach Wilson, uh, mostly just because of their defense. Yeah, and this game is going to be boring. Uh, it's going to be another one, especially especially if Fields doesn't play. It's just going to be a slog. I'm going to take the Jets. Um, uh, but, like, I, I, I just don't – I don't even want to watch this game. <laughs> like, seriously. Well, you certainly will have uh, plenty of options uh, to pick from as you eat your leftovers from Thanksgiving on Sunday. Right. Um, including the next game up here, the Atlanta Falcons at the Washington Commanders. Uh, Kyle Pitts with that torn MCL. He's going to undergo surgery, unfortunately, done for the season here. Patterson, Algier, still around a 50-50 split in that backfield. Both could see even more work if the Falcons just commit uh, to running the ball uh, every single play, pretty much, with Pitts out now. And I do think this helps Drake London's potential target share a little bit. Um, He's in that back-end flex range, but really not too much to be excited about here outside of maybe Mariota as a streamer. Uh, depending on your quarterback options. I should just uh, uh, trout uh, uh, Patterson out there as a receiver and play both both him and Algier at the same time the entire game. Yeah, and you know that's a good point, right? Because they did use him a lot more as a receiver last year. Maybe they go back to that a little bit. Just well, Patterson was originally necessity. a receiver. He was a returner and receiver for the Vikings. Right. And then who was it that decided to use him as a running back, like officially? Was it the Was it the no, it wasn't the Bears. He was on a team before the Bears and after the Vikings. Patriots a little bit. Um, he was on the Patriots. You're right. It was the Patriots that, that did that. Yeah, Belichick certainly likes to use his uh, Swiss Army knives right. in various positions. And then Arthur Smith really just committed to using him as a running back, which is probably <clears> his <throat> best role with what he does um, You know, after contact. And well, he, he I believe with the Bears, they had some injuries that he slotted in as running back for a couple games too. And then, yeah, I mean, and, 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 and it's use... Arthur Smith that leaned in on him being a running back. Yeah. Well, they paid to get him, I think specifically for, you know, more usage outside of special teams. Although certainly right. congrats to him for breaking that uh, kickoff return record last week. Let's move on to the Washington side here. Antonio Gibson surprisingly saw more carries than Brian Robinson against the Texans last week. And Gibson's been more involved as a receiver out of the backfield as well. So with McKissick on IR, this has actually made Gibson uh, surprisingly decent. I would say back in RB2 territory uh, against this Falcons run defense and Robinson more of that touchdown dependent flex. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you there. Okay. And Terry McLaurin uh, has seen a ton of targets uh, with Taylor Heineke under center. So you're certainly starting him. And I'm going to lean the Washington Commanders at home here. Me too. They've been they've been looking good lately, and and they're at home. You got to go with them. Yep. Two teams with bad defenses. Los agrees he is going to take the home team Commanders as well. Let's move on to the Denver Broncos at the Carolina Panthers. Lots to talk about here. First, Chase Edmonds with a high ankle sprain was placed on IR. And then they waived Melvin Gordon after that fumble, which means that Latavius Murray should be a solid flex play here with upside. He was already getting the goal line work for the Broncos, even with Gordon there. And now he could be a potential workhorse this week and maybe even rest of season here. Although keep in mind, Mike Boone could be back from IR next week. So Boone actually might be worth a stash in deeper leagues as well. Yeah, I think that Murray Murray's going to be good for the duration of, of Chase Edmonds IR, even if Mike Boone's back. Yeah. I mean, cause he'll still like get that goal line work right? where it just suddenly thrust into that lead role. Right. Uh, Jerry Judy still a suffering uh, after suffering that ankle injury a couple weeks, uh, still very questionable monitor his status. And I think Sutton remains just a target monster, strong wide receiver three with upside, even with the Broncos offense struggling as a whole here. Yep. No, right. no disagreements. <laughs> uh, not much to say on the Carolina no. side either. Um, <laughs> Sam Darnold has been named the starter this week. So, you know, if you're desperate, Dante Foreman as a flex, DJ Moore as a wide receiver four. 
Uh, this one, I think, is the toughest one of the week for me because I could easily see either side just throwing a pick six to end this one. Um, yep. <laughs> so, again, as I always say, as I always say with Los in, in our pickums here, uh, just the tiebreaker for me is give me the home team, which is Carolina here. And Los agrees. What about you, Dan? I got to take Carolina. Denver can score points. I don't know what's wrong with them. Yeah, what, what's their streak now of being held under 18 points per game? Uh, I saw something on Twitter that said that they would be 9-1 and one if they had just scored 18 points at least yeah. in every game. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I just can't, I can't bet on them. Nope, I certainly cannot either. Uh, let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gus Edwards with a hamstring injury. He's questionable, but was able to practice a little bit last week. So decent odds that he could ramp up and be active this week. And then Demarcus Robinson seems to have asserted himself as the wide receiver one in Baltimore, led the team with nine targets against the Panthers last week. And he could be a solid wide receiver three or flex play going forward if he continues to see this kind of target share from Lamar Jackson. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, not a whole lot on the Jacksonville side either. I don't think uh, ETN and Kirk are auto starts here. And the Ravens have really been struggling with their offense, with all the injuries, uh, with Bateman out and their running backs hurt as well. I'm going to take the Ravens here, but this is not a game that I think is a sure thing by any means. This could be like another, like what, like 12 to six kind of game. Yeah, you know what I mean, and me. it's it's just it, that's just sort of how these. I mean, you could get that weird Jacksonville kind of like all of a sudden everything clicks and they look good, but that's been few and far between this season. And Baltimore has a good defense, and they like to just get in a field goal range, <laughs> and then yeah, use, I, I just I could see know, it because really they gave the Panthers plenty of opportunities, and Baker Mayfield was just awful. So if you know, if Lawrence is even slightly better at home, they could maybe steal one here. Um, Lawrence like is said, Lawrence is either he's he's good for throwing four touchdowns, but he's also good for potentially having four fumbles in the same. You know, at any in any given game, so you don't really know who you're going to get. Yeah, and I, I do think that they're you know far enough apart that I'm still going to go with the road team, the Ravens here. I'm going with the Ravens as well. All right, as is Los, which brings us to our Sunday mid-afternoon slate, starting with the Chargers at the Cardinals here. Sounds like Mike Williams uh, aggravated that high ankle sprain on his first catch of the game against the Chiefs, so he's questionable. But even if he's active, I think Mike Williams would be a very iffy fantasy play without knowing how many snaps he's actually in for or how limited or, again, the chance of aggravating that ankle sprain yet again I think I would look to avoid Williams here uh, if possible, but certainly you're firing up Keenan Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and if he's active from that groin injury, I think Gerald Everett's a solid play as well. We certainly have seen that the Cardinals struggle to stop opposing tight ends, especially with that big game from George Kittle uh, on Monday night. Yeah, don't, don't mess around with high ankle sprains. Like I just feel like every year, in almost any sport, you know, when someone has an high, high ankle sprain and they come back too early, they always re-aggravate it. It always takes a long time to heal. And yeah, I wouldn't trust it at all. Yeah. And even though the Chargers have been a very injured team, uh, the Cardinals might actually have them beat on this front as of right now. Uh, Kyler nine, nine starters injured yesterday. Yeah, I think I saw it was like something like nine. It was crazy. Yeah, it's a lot, especially on offense, too. Uh, luckily, DeAndre Hopkins was able to play, uh, even though he had a hamstring injury last week. He should be good to go here. Rondale Moore with a groin injury. Uh, unfortunately, uh, sorry if you got that minus, what was it, negative 0.6 points on Monday night. Oh, God. Uh, RIP, pour uh, <laughs> one out for your fantasy team. I'm sorry if that happened to you and you lost your matchup. But Rondale Moore seems very questionable here with that groin injury. On a short week, having injured it on Monday, he's, I would say, doubtful, and I would look to avoid him even if active. Uh, Kyler Murray with a hamstring injury, he's questionable, and it sounds like he could come back. But my concern is that the Cardinals have their bye after this game. And 
And so if you're the Cardinals, why would you risk Murray when you're about to give him that extra week of rest? I would think that he would be out for this game if they want to play it safe here, but we'll see. And then finally, Marquise Brown uh, coming back from that fractured foot. He was already cutting and running in practice last week a little bit, but it sounded like the Cardinals wanted to ramp him back up slowly, give him, get him to 100%, but he does have a fair chance to return this week. So a lot to monitor on the injury front for the Cardinals here. And partially because of that, and partially with the Chargers getting healthier here, I am going to take Los Angeles on the road. I'm for sure going to take Los Angeles to, and this is almost entirely based on how they looked on Sunday night. They looked great. And they should have won that game. Like I, I know they didn't win the game, but they looked excellent. Yeah. Well, anytime you give Mahomes the ball back uh, with more than like five seconds on the, on the clock, it's always a dangerous proposition there. Uh, Los agrees. We are all taking the chargers here. Let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders at the Seattle Seahawks, uh, which right now I think is pretty easy. Just Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Unless you want to play, um, what's his face? The tight end, the um... Foster Moreau. Yeah. He, I mean, if you're desperate at tight end, like everybody, unless you have like the top two guys. Yeah. I I think he's a fine play. The Seahawks uh, certainly are top five in fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends. And in fact, they've already allowed, I think, six touchdowns, uh, two tight ends this mm-hmm. year. So again, if you're rolling the dice on a tight end touchdown, this could be the play here. I mean, Obviously, that's most of that's, I mean, think about it though. That's like, you know, five, six of your league is rolling the dice on, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. like may as well Especially with Waller on IR. Yes. And, yeah. You know, Kittle's been up and down this year and yeah. You could do worse than Foster Moreau this week. Uh, again, also because Hunter Renfro's been out, right? So it just right. kind of narrows the target shares here. Well, he's on. Is he on IR too? I thought. How'd they yep. put both him and Waller on IR on the same day? Yeah, so they've still okay. got a couple more games. To go. Right. Um, all right. On the Seahawks side here, Geno Smith should be a solid top 10 option against the Raiders defense here. Um, I think Russell Wilson was the only quarterback to not throw for a touchdown against the Raiders so far this <laughs> season. And I would expect Geno Smith to get at least one or two, if not more. Kenneth Walker, I think, is a strong RB2 play here. And both Metcalf and Lockett have a lot of upside against this Raiders secondary. And should oh, for be sure. As wide receiver threes. And to your point, if you're desperate at tight end, I don't think Noah Fant's a terrible play either, just because it's the Raiders. I, I agree. All right, uh, I'm going to bet continue betting against the Raiders, uh, although that did not work out for me last week. Because how do you how do you pick between Denver and the Raiders, two awful teams? And I mean, the out, best the best pick is to just not play, just don't play the game. Just like, that's how well, you win. Unfortunately, we have to here, but uh, this week I will take the Seahawks at home, as does Los, and I assume as do you. Yes, I definitely do. All right. Let's move on to another probably not great game. The Los Angeles Rams at the Kansas City Chiefs here. Matthew Stafford back in concussion protocol. Second time in two weeks. Not looking good. Probably going to be out for at least this game, if not longer. And with the Rams out of contention, I do think Cooper Cup is droppable in all redraft formats now. There's just really no reason for them to rush him back this season. I know we talked about it last week, and you know there was still a chance but it's really looking pretty grim now. So I would be fine with cutting Cooper Cup, just like the Rams cut Daryl Henderson. Um, that leaves Kyron Williams and Cam Akers. They should split the work in that backfield, but really neither of these guys are solid fantasy options on a team that's pretty much given up on the season. If you're desperate, I would lean Akers getting more of that work on the ground. And then uh, if you're truly desperate, back-end flex, Allen Robinson, of course, the touchdown and all of his catches came with Stafford before he got concussed last week. So really tough uh, to expect similar production from Bryce Perkins. Just not much to love on the Rams. No, it's just really a fall from grace for them because they've really spent a lot of picks and money as like a win-now kind of team. And it's just, it's, it's their their window is open right now well it was open this year and now it's just it's slammed shut 
Yeah, but I mean, hey, say what you will. They got the ring, and uh, I'm sure Rams fans are fine with this season because they're still celebrating that Super Bowl win from last year. Were they, though? Does anyone in L.A. care about the Rams, really? (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough, but certainly their gamble paid off, right? Uh, Yeah. Their situation looks pretty bleak for the next couple seasons, but again, they all have the rings, so I'm sure they are fine with that gamble having paid off for at least one year. Fair. Um, on the Chiefs, who are looking for another ring this season, Clyde Edwards-Alaire with a high ankle sprain. He's out for at least three to four weeks, it sounds like. We'll see about Kadarius Tony, who strained his hamstring early on uh, on Sunday night. Not sure yet on the severity of that, but again, remember that he missed a lot of this season with the Giants uh, with a similar injury before he got traded to Kansas City, so it's possible that maybe he aggravated that and could miss multiple weeks as a result. Right now, it sounds like Juju is probably the best shot if he can come back from concussion protocol. Um, It sounds like he could, barring uh, continued symptoms in an extreme case, this is his second week uh, through the protocol here. I mean, to be be completely fair, though, CEH was already the odd man out anyways. Like, if you haven't already... right? Right. If you haven't already dropped him... Like, there's no reason to hold on to him. Yep, and obviously Pacheco and McKinnon should be rostered in all leagues at this point. For sure. All right, so I think this one's a pretty easy lock here. We're all taking the Chiefs. Yep. All right, that brings us to the New Orleans Saints at the San Francisco 49ers here. Uh, I think you're starting Kamara as an RB2, Olave as a wide receiver, two, Landry as a flex, and Juwan Johnson is a viable tight end, too. Anything else? Nope. All right. Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> on the other side. Uh, as we said, I think he's right in that, you know, 12, 13, 14 range. Upside quarterback, too, here with a pretty decent floor. McCaffrey is, you know, a little bit disappointing, right? If you drafted him in the top three, still a top 12 running back in PPR with that receiving floor. And we know that ceiling is there, but the ceiling may not be quite as elite with Elijah Mitchell but wait, those let's just let's just be clear here is he more disappointing than Jonathan Taylor if you drafted him in the top three no definitely no. not so I mean come on <laughs> but I'm just saying at this point I don't think we're expecting him to be a top three running back rest of season right um in PPR hmm yeah probably not he's probably I mean, more of like Eckler, I can uh, see him being more Henry, like top, I can see him being more like top six yeah, I think he could still reach that, just not quite, yeah. you know, where you drafted him. That's right. All. But he is on a more consistent team, so his floor is probably higher. Yeah, and I would say, too, that I think the silver lining might be with Mitchell mixing in, that might just be what's keeping McCaffrey healthy. For sure. All right, I think you're starting Kittle here. I think Debo and Ayuk both have high upside as wide receiver threes. And, you know, even though Kittle's probably not going to have two touchdowns again, again, you know, with the state of the tight end position, you're certainly not that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Niners at home? Yeah, I'll take the Niners. Yes, sir. Los agrees. Let's move on to the Sunday night football game here, the Green Bay Packers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Aaron Jones, uh, RB2, Lazard, and Watson, I think both viable flex plays, although certainly the Eagles secondary is a tough one. And again, we talked about Aaron Rodgers a little bit earlier, probably in that QB 14, 15 range. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much to say about Green Bay. Yeah. How, how, how they're getting <laughs> three primetime games in a row is beyond me. Like, don't, don't they have like flexing rules that they can get this out of there and get a more interesting game in that slot? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's too many interesting ones this week, though, right? I mean, That's it's fair. all kind of. Yeah, I don't. There's, there's uh, I just mean, not a whole lot outside of Thanksgiving games. Crap, you're right. I mean, the Rams are missing Stafford, right? The Raiders are terrible. Maybe the Chargers and the Cardinals. That, that was the helping. only one I was going to say would be yeah. possibly a better game. Yeah. You you wow. make a good point. Yeah, that one would be a better replacement, but it'll never happen. New Orleans at San Francisco could be fun, too. Yeah, it's just, I mean, real quick, let's go back to the night. I mean, is this like one of the best skill position like squads ever assembled, right? It like is. You got McCaffrey, 
Debo, IU can kill. These guys can all kill you on just one catch and take it like 50 yards. It is quite possibly the most balanced offense I have ever seen when playing fantasy. Like it sucks because any of those guys can go off for 20, 25 points. Any four of them on any game. Right. Right. And it's just like, yeah. I mean, great for them in real life. And, you know, pour one out for Trey Lance because I was super excited to get to see him with all these skill position players. But uh, let's move on to the Eagles side here. Dallas Goddard officially placed on IR last week. So he's going to be out till week 15. I think you hold him uh, if you're in playoff contention or maybe you try to trade for him from a team who, uh, you know, is struggling to make the playoffs right now. Yeah, if you have an IR uh, spot, you're for sure going to keep him. Yeah. Because uh, you, you, that tight end sucks so bad that you going into the fantasy playoffs, like if he comes back, like comes back and he's fine. Like that's a league winner right there. Yep. And in the meantime, both AJ Brown, Devontae Smith could be wide receiver ones this week against this green Bay team. Maybe rest of season two with both of their target shares going up with Goddard out here. Uh, and Jack stole the backup getting just one target against the Colts. So really it, it's hurts. And those two guys maybe Sanders, if you're desperate. Yeah. I don't have anything to add. I'm going to take the Eagles at home here. Definitely. All right. Los agrees as well. Moving on to the Monday night football game. Again, no bye weeks uh, this week. So every team is playing. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts. Jalen Warren with the hamstring strain. He is questionable here. So if he is out, Najee Harris should be back to that workhorse role as we saw against the Bengals here. 20 carries for 90 yards and two touchdowns. And more importantly, with that floor and ceiling in PPR, four catches for 26 yards on six targets. So question for you, is Harris a buy, sell, or hold for you, assuming that Warren is only going to miss maybe one or two weeks? Hold. Okay. I think he's, yeah, I think he's in a hold or a sell. I'm not necessarily buying into this work. I wouldn't buy either. It does seem... Uh, like Warren is probably going to step back into that passing down role once he's back. So I guess I say hold just based on sort of like what, what, when you think about it, if you have it's cause he's a, he's the starting running back on, on a team. Like you don't just, you probably don't have a better option. If you have him, you probably drafted him high. You right. know, like, it's probably so, hard to sell high on him because he's only had this one good game. Recently. Cause like, what so are you going to get in return for him? Get. Like, you yeah. know, like I think you just hold him and, and hope that, you worked the waiver wire to, to kind of make up for it. You know, we didn't talk about this one before, but rest of season, Najee Harris or Tony Pollard? Ah, uh, this one's hard. <laughs> I don't know. I really uh, don't. To help you out here, Harris has Carolina, Vegas, and Baltimore in the fantasy playoffs. That Baltimore scared me away, but I like I like Harris otherwise. Yeah. It's tough. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I mean it's. It, it's it's. I mean it's it's very possible that there there are teams, a lot of teams that have both of these players on them. And in that case, you're playing them both. Yeah, and I say Pollard because I think he's going to be more involved as a receiver continuously, whereas Harris might revert back to that more touchdown dependent. Yeah, Warren's back, and that Steelers offensive line has just been so bad. I mean, yeah, I, I, I will have to go with power too. I I've been, I can't, I can't say Najee Harris and not say, you know, Dalvin cook, you, you know what I mean? Like right. when you sort of are like just stacking up all like, like I'm not going to say Najee Harris here and then be like, if you could do math, be like, Oh, if he'll take Harris over Pollard, but Pollard over cook, which is not what I would do. I would right. take both of those over Harris. So yes, I have to go okay. with Pollard. All right, Uh, moving on to the Indianapolis side here. Paris Campbell should be a solid wide receiver three option with Matt Ryan back. We're seeing that he's continuing to get a lot of targets from Ryan here. Um, And then overall, this is a tough one again. Uh, I think it's going to be a rough looking game here. And give me the home team as the tiebreaker. So I'll take the Colts. Yeah, I'm going to take the Colts too. Um... Yeah, it's it's a home game kind of thing. Also, like Jeff Saturday comes in and and all of a sudden this team looks okay instead of yeah, I mean, the bottom of the barrel. The Eagles, right? Yeah, like it's 
I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm not a, I'm not an NFL coach. Yeah, I, think I don't know how this works. The Colts, but I don't think either of us would be shocked if Pittsburgh won with a field goal with like four seconds. Left. No, right. I wouldn't bet on this game. Probably. And uh, when I say I don't bet on this game, I wouldn't bet like money line or spread on any, uh, on these kinds. So yeah, definitely not that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be a tough matchup. I think uh, the Colts are favored by two and a half. So again, yep. just a slight lean to the home team here. But that's going to do it for the week 12 preview. Uh, we talked about some running back would you rather, some potential trade targets to buy or sell. And uh, again, with three games on Thursday, it's going to make some lineup decisions a little more sticky this week. So if you guys have more specific questions, reach out during the week on Twitter. I will try to check and get to as many questions as I can, even with the holiday. And you can find us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M E N G. And you can find Los at F at FFA underscore Los. That's L O S. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Um, please remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And happy Thanksgiving. It's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.